We at Global Nomad Hacks are peace heroes. By playing Peace and Harmony program during this episode, we help create one million pockets of peace by dissolving stress and tension. To be your own peace hero and get your own copy, go to peaceandharmonydownload.com. Welcome back to Global Nomad Hacks. Today, I'm excited to introduce to you a new or old friend. I've met through an old friend. And uh, I'm just really excited to share with you some of the incredible things that he's doing. His name is Raj Malhotra, and he has been developing an incredible platform that I think will be really interesting for all of you to learn more about. Welcome, Raj. Thank you so much, Heidi. It's it's wonderful to have the chance to talk with you and to be part of the, the great journey with Global Nomad Hacks that you've been building. Well, thank you so much. And I think one of the things that's so fun about working in this space is discovering not only the things that people are creating, but why they created them. Because generally, there's a big story behind it. And I think for you in particular, there's definitely a story behind it. And I would love for you to share a little bit of the background and we'll get deeper into it. But can you share a little bit about sort of who you are and where you came from and so that we understand where this platform developed from. Wow. Okay. I know. So Big maybe I sh- <laughs> <laughs> So maybe I should go back to the right from the beginning of my life. You know, I was born in uh, in India and uh, grew up in a family uh, which was likely somewhat unconventional uh, in that my mom was a uh, was a I suppose a global nomad herself. She was a, a journalist and covered uh, women's issues. Uh, and in that time, uh, it was quite unusual to have a mom like that. And, uh, you know, at, at any given point, she'd be interviewing a prime minister or, a, you know, film personality. So it was, uh, it was uh, you know, uh, really a chance to see how uh, people could shine in roles that were not necessarily what, you know, particular societies uh, sanctioned. Um, and then my dad was himself uh, a pioneer uh, of sorts, and he was in the aviation industry, uh, started in one of uh, India's first airlines, in fact. And uh, so um, he, too, was very much a global nomad himself. And so, you know, from an early age, I had the chance to uh, not just see him travel, but also travel with him and with, with our family, you know, to different parts of, of the world. Um, so uh, for me, um, those roots were really critical to the kind of journey I myself took. I came to America when I was uh, in my, you know, in my um, kind of six, seventeen or so, and uh, started, uh, um, edu- you know, started a college here. At um, went to uh, uh, Ivy League school and so on. And then uh, after that, when I graduated, I worked for some large Fortune 100 companies. But one of the things that I realized early on was that I too had a bit of an entrepreneurial instinct. And uh, so, um, you know, soon as I could, I, I took that dive. And, you know, my first ventures were, um, were you know, started off with a venture in the travel industry, then built another business in the healthcare space. And what was intriguing across uh, several of these companies as I sort of thought through them was that there was 
in them a thread to use a network, a global network often, uh, and often of people who uh, would otherwise not be connected to some kind of mainstream. So for example, with the healthcare company, we, we've built a platform to, that allowed uh, stay-at-home moms to use this platform to do work for hospitals and clinics in, um, the, in the UK and the US for, you know, sitting from their homes in parts of South Asia, which was, you know, at the time, almost 15 years ago, quite, quite revolutionary. Um, so, uh, you know, it was with those sort of uh, origins. And then, of course, I've done other businesses uh, too and formed uh, other ventures which have done well. Um, and um, that I, as I started to think of where we are today and where, where I've come from, for me, ha- um, offering global nomads, creators, a chance to, uh, to have an infrastructure that allows them to achieve their ambitions has been quite central to everything I've, I've done. And so this platform has its roots in being able to provide to global nomads uh, and creators, innovators, uh, whose ambitions currently exceed their infrastructure, that type of infrastructure that allows them to achieve their ambitions, which could be to, um, in a sense, get discovered, um, have new income streams from their uh, from their creative assets, and um, ultimately to in, to interact through a co-op of sorts, a sort of a new uh, new f- uh, version of a co-op that provides a certain sense of security, belonging um, to um, to global nomads. Well, and I think that's a really important, there's several different things that are so important in what you're talking about there. I mean, it's the infrastructure piece, but it's also that connection, that ability to to really connect with other people that are doing similar things, that have similar experiences, maybe not different same backgrounds, but similar experiences and similar sort of intentions and vision. But sometimes it's hard to, well, it's often very hard to do that as nomads because the infrastructure isn't there to support that. So it's really exciting what you're doing. I'm I'm, I'm really, uh, I think it's a wonderful thing. And in terms of sort of you know, what was sort of what spurred you on this particular piece where it was really looking at that, you you know, you keep on referring to this creative piece, the creative assets. And that's one of those things that, you know, as a creator myself, as I hear the struggle from many nomads of how do I monetize my creativity? How do I actually reach the people that need my creativity and turn it into something that's of value? You know, what was sort of the trigger for you and where does your work really stand out in terms of the different tools that are already there? Sure. No, excellent questions, Heidi. Thank you. So there were two or three triggers. Some were personal experiences. You know, I've been for a long time involved with the arts myself, have been supportive of significant museums and frankly, even neighborhood museums and so on and so forth. And uh, I recall an experience uh, around Katrina when I had gone with a part of a, a trip organized through the Guggenheim Museum to, uh, with a bunch of established mid-career artists who were responding to that crisis. And, what, and you know, some very interesting projects came out of that, including my helping uh, 
catalyze a commission for a you know major uh, video artist. But what it what occurred to me as I as I reflected back on that uh, that experience was that that sort of gave me a clear uh, perspective that even artists who were not not uh, in any sense emerging. These, some of them are among top 30, 40 artists in, in, that are being collected by contemporary museums or, or curators and so on and so forth. Even they had difficulty in the problem that you noted, which is how do they project their work to audiences? Uh, how do they, you know, um, creators collect collectors as much as collectors collect uh, creators. And so uh, it was a revelation to me that even they had this issue. Uh, so that was a key trigger. Another trigger, uh, more recently, uh, some years ago, um, as you know, through our the mutual friend we have, I, I'm a bit of a yoga buff. And so, you know, I had gone to a yoga uh, retreat and uh, uh, one of the people, a couple, a couple who was at the retreat, uh, had an intriguing um, uh, sort of life that they were leading, and they, this this man was a was a uh, software developer, and uh, uh, I think they were both Kiwis, uh, in other words, New Zealanders, mm-hmm. and uh, they really worked and lived wherever they chose. And you know, he was able to uh, monetize his work as a software developer, regardless of whether he was in Goa, which is where we met at this yoga retreat or in Florence. So I thought, wow, this is, you know, the global nomadic life that you have been talking about, but really at the next level of, 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 um, of realization. Uh, and that really, again, struck me as, wow, these folks have figured out a way, but how do you make their, the kind of infrastructure they've achieved much more uh, you know, through literally patchwork and co- uh, cobbling it together, how do you, how do you create an infrastructure that allows more and more people to be able to benefit from that type of uh, lifestyle? So that's what our platform provides: is is the facilities, the tools, the elements that allow you to register your creative assets, whether that's a piece of code, <clears throat> whether it's a data set, whether it is a podcast, uh, whether it is a um, a poem. Uh, I mean. It could be across the range of creative endeavors, and um, it gets uh, put on a blockchain, um, which is a fancy database, uh, but you know allows a certain degree of openness and transparency. And then it, there is, through again some more sophisticated artificial intelligence, so matches that are made between what you are registering and people who might have an interest in it. And and then uh, it allows you to, in a sense, quote, license uh, that creative work to whoever might be interested, who may be someone who you've never met or never heard of, but who has an interest in your work. And all of this is done seamlessly. um, And so this opens up, obviously, opportunities for you to earn uh, income, earn recognition, gain value, gain partnerships, regardless of where you are. And it's such an important thing as we're moving into this space where uh, we talk a lot about the future of workplace and sort Mm -hmm. of the fact that that has, you know, this last year has really accentuated what that actually means uh, or the fact that it's a very evolving piece. And, you know, you're starting to see obviously more integration of the blockchain where you can actually track the source 
back to, you know, to be able to actually get that credit and to be able to utilize it in different ways, which is really a beautiful gift for maybe saying it's a gift is really unfair because there's a lot of work behind it. But there it's it's a great opportunity for people who are interested both for the short term doing something as a digital nomad and those who really are global nomads and, you know, live in multiple locations or just really, you know, want to live in a place that's based on a quality of life rather than the commute um, and meeting in a large workspace. All of this is changing so much. And yet the you know, the actual content is not changing. It's just how we access the content. um, And we also get credit for the creation of the content. And I think it's really interesting what you're doing there. We're hearing so much more about this. I apologize, because I'm forgetting the word for or the, the abbreviation. Is it NFT? Yes. 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 So, NFT, so that's right. Yeah, Non-fungible so, tokens and yes. so on and so forth. Absolutely. Exactly. Correct. Is this the same thing? Is this or is this another version of NFT that you're referring yes. to? Yes. So, so uh, NFT, uh, which is, stands for non-fungible tokens, for those of your listeners that aren't uh, familiar with that acronym, is a um, is a way to create a uh, a representation, a digital representation of your creative uh, work, whether, you know, that could be all any, any of the things, you know, so the piece of code, whether it's a, whether it's a, a digital art, et cetera, et cetera. So it creates a, a representation and that representation is such that it can be shared more seamlessly across these types of networks. So yes, we, uh, we can, will integrate versions of NFT in our own platform um, and and then of course you know the, these NFTs become much like collectibles used to be in a in a former era so the sort of the baseball cards if you will of a, of a previous generation but you know that that is uh, integral to of course our thought process but what's even uh, an extension of that which is where I was suggesting uh, uh, earlier the that we think about this almost as a co-op is that uh, I I don't know. Uh, um, what sorts of co-ops you've been part of, um, Heidi, but, you know, whether you, uh, and since you, I know you love the mountains, you know, something like an REI or or even a Sam's Club for that matter, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, these are all uh, organizational forms, which will form, which will find new, new expression in this uh, next several years to come. And in good part, because in my view, the last 10 years were a decade where innovation was focused on consumption. So you saw the explosion of platforms like Spotify and the Netflixes, which, are, which have been tremendous. You know, as a result, now I can sit, you know, whether it's the pandemic or not, and stream movies and uh, entertainment from all over the planet, and which is awesome. But that is my uh, that sort of innovation for for the consumer, if you will, and so it's created opportunities that like never before for those of us who are consuming these things. This decade needs to be the innovation of, uh, focused on creators. Um, so you'll see platforms like Inventrust that we are building Im- emerge, which will be much like Spotify was for the previous decade, and because they'll create opportunities for creators to come together in, in profound new ways. Uh, 
uh, and through business models that haven't, uh, you know, somewhat like co-ops that allow shared value creation. So, you know, if I'm, a, uh, I may get a dividend for being part of this co-op and I'm being silly in that use of term because, you know, that, that those dividends may not be paid in cash. They may also be paid in some kind of virtual currency. So, you know, you start creating this all for everyone for everyone kind of mindset uh, that we're all in this together uh, mindset. Uh, and that's so vital because, you know, as, as the pandemic has shown, it is important to cultivate a spirit of generosity. Uh, and where does that spirit of generosity begin, but right in the communities of creation and that global nomads want to, to be part of? Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, you, you really hit this, the spot on the piece about the pandemic. I think this is a unique opportunity where for the first time in probably, you know, 80 years, we've experienced something that's a world worldwide experience. There's no mm. one that has not been touched by this pandemic. Yes. And yes. so there's this there's this feeling of we're all in this together and we need to harness that before it dissipates, before we forget, because we have very short-term memories. Indeed. And I think, you know, global nomads, because we have the opportunity of perspective, we tend to hold on to that a little bit longer because we're able to see the impact outside in this, mm. the greater system. And it's very easy to get myopic. But I think that this is really a great opportunity for us to sort of spread the kindness to be to to simplify it to spread the kindness and spread that understanding of being part of something bigger than ourselves and and creativity is one of those things that has always been undervalued unfortunately um but in a time where kindness is so important that creativity has had a much greater value it's everything from being able to organically create something from nothing because we have to get scrappy in order to survive. But it's also the not only the creation of it, but the sharing of it and the collaboration yes. in order to create something that has value to a larger population. So I think Absolutely. This, I, I this piece think is really important right now. A hundred percent. I, you know, I think we are talking exactly uh, on with the same sets of uh, value. Because see, uh, there are even, shall I say, uh, you know, political um, platforms now around uh, and universal basic income, and you know, it's been experimented, but tried in parts of California. I know uh, uh, there may be uh, some one or two political candidates who talked about it in the in the recent uh, presidential election, who are now you know seeking office in different ways, and so uh, those platforms are are uh, intriguing, uh, but in how could this the same kind of meme work for global nomads? So imagine if you could be part of, uh, to use a, a old-fashioned, maybe even medieval term, uh, a guild of software developers or a guild of uh, chefs or home cooks. Um, and if there was a way for you to share your uh, share a small, tiny part of your income with the rest of the group, it could hugely lift all boats, if you will. And uh, it could also be the basis or the genesis of a universal basic income for that guild or for that co-op. And, and again, 
these ideas might seem radical today, but let's not forget that what we consume today, 10 years after that innovation revolution within the consumption space happened, is radically different than what it was 10 years ago. And so a few years from now, co-ops of the sort that I'm talking about will become mainstream. And so having an infrastructure that allows people to have that, have the kinds of, enact the kinds of values you and I are talking about uh, is obviously could be huge. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm curious, can you walk me through the process? If someone, if a creator wants to get involved, what's their experience in participating in something like this? Um, is there, you know, walk me through the process so that sure. I can understand. Absolutely. Um, be thrilled to. So we are, we have a beta platform that's in a public uh, mode right now. Uh, so uh, if you went to um, www.inventrust.com, you'd come to the platform and then you could create an account much like you would, or you could use LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever to sign in. Um, and you're now in, and there you have an option to literally create a profile for yourself, much like you would on any social media that you are familiar with. Uh, and as part of that, you have also have a chance to upload uh, a digital file that provides a description of your assets. Uh, and you, you know, some people could even upload their assets. So we've had people during the, for example, the pandemic uh, upload um, designs for ventilators and face masks and, you know, those sorts of things uh, because they wanted to make those available to others around the planet. And so it could be, um, quote, free uh, wear, if you will, or it could be something that you want to charge a price for. And you can go in and simply say, here is my price for this type of app that I've built. And I, you know, I, I, I don't want to you know, promote this. So I want, I may be promoting this through one of the app stores, but I also wanted to promoted through this because it's a decentralized means and it allows me to take keep much more of the value. So instead of some of the app stores, which can take as much as 30%, a very tiny part of, of your value gets, you know, put towards uh, uh, the infrastructure fees, if you will. And so you simply put that app, other creative work uh, up on, you know, through the platform and sit back because then uh, there is a process through which uh, uh, it gets, quote, peer-reviewed. So there are other creators, and you can be uh, also doing the same for others in, in that community. Uh, there may be, for example, if, say, you've got an invention around a, a ventilator part, uh, there will be others who will swoop in and say, yep, this ventilator parts will work, will work properly under these types of conditions and so on and so forth. And these are, quote, experts who have some, uh, you know, social proof uh, for their expertise. And they validate and review, but it's not review as in the, uh, you know, kind of reviews you find on an Amazon and so on. This is, it's much more detailed. It's driven by a consensus among reviewers. So when you, you see something, it's actually been tried by someone, not just, you know, it's not just a, uh, uh, a glib review. Uh, and then people look at those reviews and come and, you know, obviously, uh, license your uh your asset whatever that is and you get uh you get uh value and the folks who helped 
validated also get a piece of the value. Again, you're creating this collective pie uh, where all the contributors to the ecosystem get value. Well, and, and I think that's an important thing to recognize in today's marketplaces that everybody mm. contributes some piece of the value, exactly. including exactly. the consumer, really, because they're, you know, it's it's where you get into the reciprocity cycle of they're looking for that particular product or service or piece of whatever it is for a particular purpose, uh, whether it's for their enjoyment or for something in practice. And yet, you know, that in order for them to obtain that, they need to provide some source of whether it's monetization for them or, as I'm understanding, it may also be not necessarily in a physical monetization, but it may be in some sort of cryptocurrency as well. Is that correct? That's accurate, yes. So, uh, I mean, the platform today is uh, wired to fiat currencies, uh, so the traditional currencies, but the all the uh, elements are there for us to, frankly, even now, PayPal is offering, uh, you can use bitcoins and other cryptocurrencies on paypal so you know it's the same gateway as will support multiple currencies and you know so certainly we we have an eye on on that evolution as uh, we're evolving it and it will be definitely a part of the framework i'm super excited it sounds really great so so tell me also i'm curious because Usually when someone wants to do something to support creators, they are, they are either a creator themselves mm-hmm. or they are, you know, they have creators in their lives in some way that they've seen this struggle mm-hmm. occur. Are you a creator? <laughs> uh, yes, I am uh, in spirit as well as in uh, in actual form. So, you know, I'm I am tooling away at a novel, uh, if you, if you, since you asked, uh, and uh, you know it's uh, it's sort of the proverbial uh, manuscript under the mattress, but uh, it's uh, it's something that is a a passion of mine, uh, and you know it's um, you know storytelling is a, has been a passion of mine, so uh, it's part of that, if you will, and uh, and also I love to you know uh, I'm a pretty creative cook and. Um, you know, my, my home has been a site of many, many gatherings of friends. And even when I travel, I, I tend to be the anointed cook. So, um, so yes, so there's a few different ways through which I express that creativity. I've all, as I mentioned to you, I've also been quite involved with um, professional artists and museums and have been a, a bit of a collector and a producer in that domain as well. So, um yeah, it's very, uh, it's an integral part of my life. Um, well, I think, you know, that's, it's a very important piece in terms of being able to, to create something, I mean, to overuse the word, but to develop something that really supports something that you understand. You understand it yes. from the user perspective as well as the receiver perspective. And so I think that's really, um, it's powerful and I'm sure it will show in the way that you design and create going forward. So thank Thank you you. so much for doing that. I want to go circle back a little bit because we only just touched the very surface. And since we are all about global nomads and we're not just about the businesses and things that create and support global nomads, you've had a really interesting 
life and, and experience, particularly in the early stages of living in lots of different places and experiencing them both from the inside and the outside. Yeah. What are some of the most memorable places or experiences that you've had that you felt have given you a greater perspective and sort of defined who you are as an individual from being a global nomad? Wow. Uh, again, a, a, a huge question, Heidi. Uh, and <laughs> I like to <laughs> give so you lots of room for that, right? <laughs> no, you're, you're so good at that. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I did share a little bit of my um, earlier in the, in the conversation about my own childhood and exposure to uh, different cultural milieus from, you know, frankly, from almost uh, a very, very young age, almost a couple of years old when I started traveling and, you know, um, so, you know, I'd now I'd rather share some, since you did ask a, a sweeping uh, question, I think the, the experiences come in two or three different um, buckets. Uh, one was um, that I had the opportunity to uh, build enterprises that had um, that were global by design from day one. In a again, not that long ago, and frankly, this is probably still the way most businesses come together. They are often, rightly so, uh, local by design. So you know, you open a bakery because you want to uh, serve customers in a particular neighborhood. In contrast with that, a lot of my uh, work around creating organizations has been uh, such that they've been global by on day one. They were conceived as global uh, organizations. And so I had to give a lot of thought to what does it create to assimilate people from different cultural uh, backgrounds into, uh, into something that's a multinational, not 10 years after its inception, but on day one. And um, whether that meant culture for organizations, people, uh, language, uh, value systems. So that's been uh, obviously a seminal experience for me, having done that now a few times over. Um, and, you know, grown. some of them have grown quite large. Uh, you know, one of the businesses in the healthcare space uh, grew to almost 2,500 people. That was a quite, you know, sizable business. Then I'd say another piece of the experience that I've had uh, that has been pivotal um, is that there I have taken whenever I've had that opportunity. I've seized upon opportunities to go into uh, parts of experience, parts of the world that were likely outside my comfort zone and may have been outside or might be outside the comfort zone of lots of different people. Because again, I wanted to, uh, you know, get to the that get get to something that where I wasn't simply traveling in in a in a in a um, uh, in a uh, entitled or gilded format, but in a very very basic ways and understanding how people in different parts of the world live and what are their struggles. And so, as as an example, some years ago I uh, volunteered at a hospital in Haiti. Uh, Haiti is, uh, um, you know, uh, and it was in a rural part of Haiti, and where it people had very little 
uh, and yet uh, this hospital was able to create such impact and uh, such value through its its great work for for people in this rural setting. And again, that was pivotal uh, at some level for me. And it is like a few other things like that I've done, which is how do you create value and in exchange between people who come from uh, backgrounds like ours, uh, Heidi, and that of several of listeners and y'all, but the, and others who live on the other side of whether the digital divide or the you know the various divides in our in our planet, and so that's been another very uh, integral part of my experience of of being of wanting very much to be part of that you know to bridge those divides because I, I see those divides as being hugely problematic as the world uh, evolves in this next um, ten twenty years and so. Uh, that's been another critical part of of uh, the of my response to your question of pivotal experiences. And then, last but not least, um, I just say that uh, a, an, another vital part for me has been to form friendships through some of the pursuits I've had in different cultures, so that I kind of now want very much to build a life where I'm not local to just one place, but hopefully have two or three nests around the world where I'm not simply in a place as a visitor, but that place is a nest. So I have a dense set of connections and networks. And and that's something I really aspire to, partly because that's who I am and partly because I see that as, again, you know, a chance as a, as a global nomad to really live like that when because that option is open to me and if i'm sure several of your listeners uh will also be similarly excited about that kind of option uh so having a kind of a multi-local uh, uh life but uh, but it that is living richly because of that cultural immersion uh and that's much more um important than you know uh just uh the usual um the usual trappings that go with uh, success and so on and so forth. So I think that's a, a third important experience that I'd share. I, I love that. And I think that, you know, it's that perspective that we gain from those multi-local experiences that really help us get sort of get and hold that systems perspective that we can apply as we move through the world. And whether it's uh, like, I mean, this podcast Global Nomad Hacks, we launched in March of last year. So remember, March of last year is when we the whole world shut down for travel. And here we were doing a global podcast. And wow. it was really, I was determined to do it. We, you know, our other podcast had been going for three seasons, and it was very exciting. But to this, to me, this was a passion project. And uh, so many people said to me, well, people can't travel. Why are you doing a Global Nomads podcast? And I said, Global Nomads is not just about luxury travel or traveling. It's about having that global perspective and connecting people from the heart. From It's connecting humanity and helping people understand how to survive and thrive in those environments. And some of that is when you have these multi-local and you know, multicultural families and environments and workplaces it's really important for us to gain that perspective and to really respect and appreciate each of those spaces, not as visitors, but as part of those communities. So I'm wholeheartedly with you in, in your perspectives and in your uh, appreciation of it. And I, 
I'm so happy with the work that you're doing and I look forward to seeing it grow and blossom. And I want to make sure that if folks want to participate in this, what's the best way for them to either reach out to you or to get connected to your organization to, you know, to participate in it further? Um, absolutely. I do not. Thank you very much. I, your, your support, your enthusiasm, your excitement about what you're doing means the world to, to me. I've, I have enormous respect for what you're doing and what you've been developing here with your own venture. So yes, absolutely. would love to have uh, listeners uh, join us in our journey. Uh, you know, the easiest way, as I said, is just frankly register through the website, which is uh, www.inventrust.com. That's easy. Or uh, And or they can certainly reach out to me in an email. Uh, um, I also have a Twitter handle, but, you know, not everyone uses Twitter. But, you know, so email uh, is relatively easy. And I'll, I'll say that out loud, too, which is R-M-A-L-H-O. T-R-A, so my first initial followed by my last name, uh, at inventrust.com. So that's a great way uh, to connect and uh, would love to hear from uh, those of your listeners who have ideas for what we are doing, would love to and would like to contribute in some way. Uh, we are growing the platform. We are in the market now seeking out strategic partners and uh, and the next level of investments and so on and so forth. So uh, as much as anything, we'd love to have actually people who uh, want to be part of our, our, our journey and help us take this and the trusted kind co-op infrastructure uh, for global nomads to the next level. It's so exciting. And thank you so much for what you're doing. I think it's wonderful. And I'm so glad that I have to give a shout out to Laura for introducing us. Uh, she's an old and dear friend. and Anyone that she introduces to me, I love. So it's always exciting to to see who she sends my way. It's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much, Raj. And thank you, Global Nomads, for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you haven't already, please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of the great upcoming episodes. And uh, always appreciate our rating and review. It helps us get greater visibility. And if you do take the time to do that, please let us know so we can share a little love back with you. Thank you again for joining us today. It's been our pleasure. We look forward to next time. Bye-bye for now.